0: Coca-Cola announcing a new formula for its Coke Zero brand. Odobe announcing the end, finally coming really soon, of flash technology by 2020. And Justin Bieber announcing he's quitting his tour and giving the reasons why. Did not make the top 10 stories for the week. So what is in the top 10 for the past seven days? We'll find out in just a moment from the weekly wrap-up podcast for the week ending July 29th, 2017. And welcome to this podcast. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. I am your very proud host for this podcast from thisistheconversation.com. This it's the weekly wrap-up podcast where we give you the top ten stories for the week that we talked about in our conversations via social media and our website. This is a conversation.com. We're glad you're here for another great top ten list. And some other things. We'll talk about some stories that didn't quite make the top ten, but we think are pretty important, at least good enough to mention within the, the range scope of the past seven days. We are doing this podcast for today, July the 29th, taped yesterday. So full disclosure, we did this stuff a little ahead of time for Going on now, and a lot of great things happening in the show today. And we're glad you're along with us. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Nine Living. More on them in just a moment. And of course, as always, powered by you. And it's done by following us on Facebook, This is the Conversation, following us on Twitter, underscore Conversation, or just stopping by the website, This is the Now, on to the top 10. Getting directly into what's going on for the week. And this is, of course, in reverse order, Dave Letterman style, from 10 to 1, the top 10 stories of the week. Uh, Starting off with the 10 spot is Pokemon Go Fest. If you didn't hear about it, then you still or you are not still playing Pokemon Go as an adult. Uh, Many young adults, young people, and some older ones did show up in Chicago this week for Pokemon Go Fest and found wasn't much go to the fest. In fact, most people could not get the app to work with the mass amounts of people trying to access it in the area. All funds were refunded for this massive uh, festival, which actually had a pretty good attendance for people who are still into the Pokemon Go craze. The problem is when you gather too many together, there are issues with the servers. That just shows that the people behind the series have a ways to go about getting technology going. The number nine story of the week is a Wisconsin tech company, which is installing microchips employees on purpose. Now, what they are actually doing is putting rice-sized microchips into people's thumbs so that they have, essentially, access to their doors and access to various areas. It's your key fob inside of your finger. And the really weird thing about that is no one's addressed the fact of what happens for the people with this company as they leave the company because now they have this microchip implanted into their thumb while they do have the ease of access while working for the company if they are fired or if they leave on their own there are the question marks on what happens to the chip inside of their thumb is it deactivated initially and then some safeguard keeps them from coming back into the building Uh, do they come back for surgery to get it removed from their thumb because it is property of the company no one's really answered that question yet but right now Microchips inside of people isn't so much a new thing, but it is not a very widespread thing. People are, of course, worried about the security thing. And, of course, does it have GPS tracking? They are told no. There's no GPS tracking in the um, microchip they're getting. But, of course, when you scan your FOB, it tells when and where you are as well. So that's a backdoor way of getting some information, at least when they're at work or not at work. For the number eight story, we go to Michael Phelps and we go to Shark Week on Discovery Channel, which is usually a big thing or had been for many, many years. Of course, people can see sharks fairly up closely every summer at the beach. So maybe Shark Week is a bit of a uh, drag in these cases. So to spice it up for this year, Michael Phelps, the retired Olympic swimmer and, of course, the most decorated swimmer in Olympic history, he decided he was going to swim against some sharks, or technically Discovery decided he was going to swim against some sharks, and then we found out he didn't actually swim against sharks. He swam against simulations of sharks that were overlaid onto the pool as he swam. Michael Phelps found that uh, a bit disturbed that he didn't get a chance to jump in a shark tank and just swim alongside with actual sharks. Uh, the big reasoning is sharks don't really swim in straight lines, and they you know might be a bit hostile. But in the actual race, we found out that Michael Phelps, being the world's fastest man in the water, couldn't outrun the shark Or outswim the shark in this case He was able to um, swim against um, a couple of sharks He had a couple different sharks in the simulation But the great white essentially uh, took out uh, The players All players in the field for speed A uh, great white shark can swim up to around 25 miles an hour A regular human can go about 6 miles an hour That's Michael Phelps' speed And he was actually given a fin To kind of simulate the shark's movement To get a little bit faster Still outran by the main shark our number seven story of the day, or the week, should say, Vice President Mike Prince was the tiebreaker in the Senate to proceed with the health care debate bill. Now, that turned out to be a fatal um, a fatal error in his case because the bill went nowhere. But this week, Mike Pence, because the Senate is uh, 50-50, the Senate is 100 people in the Senate and their chances of a tie, Mike Pence came in to be m- given a, a tiebreaker to vote to move the health care bill that would repeal Obamacare and replace it with something eventually, he came in to break that tie and make it go forward. Here's what was really interesting about the day. We all know about John McCain and his now battle with cancer. We thought he had a blood clot behind his eye and we found out it was actually a cancerous tumor. He returned back to the floor of the Senate a little earlier than expected so he can do some work and pass this bill. Uh, He gave an impassioned speech on why the Democrats and Republicans need to work together to make sure they have a bill that takes care of everyone, also stating that he wasn't voting for the things they had lined up already because they weren't going to take care of anyone in particular, but he was going to vote to take this thing to debate and move it forward so that we at least get this thing out in the open and we can see whether the two sides of the aisle can come together and make things happen. Of course, two uh, Republicans voted against it, so with a 52-48 majority in the Senate, uh, the tiebreaker at 50-50 there had to go to Mike Pence. What they did was they started working on a couple bills to repeal Obamacare, coming down to what was last night in our real time uh, a skinny re- repeal bill, which would it had some really weird rules where people were essentially throwing in tags back and forth to see what they can add to the bill, what they could pull out of it. In a mass rush to get something that people would vote for, it was voted for literally in the wee hours of the night, which had people all over the world scanning C-SPAN to see what was going on. And finally, when it was all said and done, even though Mike Pence was on hand to make sure that he was there for a tiebreaker again, it turned turned out three Republicans said no, and the third Republican happened to be John McCain, who already said he was going no anyway. That meant the vote went 51-49 directly against uh, pushing forward with the skinny repeal. Of course, they're not going to have anything to replace it, so they're not going forward with that. Mitch McConnell, the Speaker of the House, said he was disappointed, but told the President that right after the vote that now we have to move on to something else since this is obviously not going forward. We'll see what happens. Going forward to number six, going straight into Trump again. Trump went on a tweet storm a couple days ago, reversing the policy on transgender individuals in the military. He sort of did it. Well, he basically tweeted saying, I am banning transgender people from the military, period, and some more words in the tweet. Now, the fact that he did it in a tweet early morning, so that's how he does things threw off the people in the military who actually speak for these things as they happen. So initially, calls went out to the Pentagon and to the various branches as to what was that actually meant, and most of them had no idea what it actually meant. Apparently, the Secretary of Defense had spoken with Donald Trump, but had not spoken with them as he was tweeting this, and no actual plan was put into effect. What it turned into is a ban, or essentially a ban on gaining new people who, who say they're transgender, who identify as transgender, as working from one gender to the other, will not be put back, will not be allowed to enter the military from whatever point the new ban is put into place. People who are already in the military service can serve until they figure out what they're going to do about that as well. There's no, there no, they're not kicking anybody out of service, but they're also not letting anybody in essentially right now until they get word on what's going on. The real issue is the lobby against the medical care for transgender people. There's a rather large lobby of people who don't want transgender sort of operations, essentially sex change operations for people in the military, in the service, because that would deem them essentially not fit for service. If they have to wait for a sex change, then they're not obviously physical or mentally ready to serve if they're not, if they're ready to be in the right state of mind. So there are people who are lobbying against the actual extra cost of their health care, which is in the millions. Uh, but remember, the the budget for the, the military is in the billions. And someone also related that the estimated cost for extra health care for people who are transgender is actually less than what they spent so far in six months keeping up with Mar-a-Lago as the president goes there every single week. So you can go back and forth on the true meaning and depth of what's going on inside of this ban. A lot of it just seems like Donald Trump is really determined to overturn everything that Obama did differently in his terms. And this is one of the big things that he did, allowing transgender people in the military to just come out and serve as they are. And what we found was most people didn't particularly care, especially since we're in a wartime situation in many places where just having and writing other them bodies is one thing and knowing someone has your back is always a good thing, no matter what gender they happen to respond to. Now, the number five story of the week uh, is an interesting one. There are a couple of journals, five, four journals specifically accepted some articles written by some some shady characters. Three of them actually published them and what made them really, 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 really odd was they were obviously themed towards Star Wars and the Mitochlorans, you know, those imaginary things that are inside your blood that allow you to manipulate the Force. Yeah, those things don't really exist. They are a plot device created for the first prequel, uh, The Force Awakens, from Star Wars, and the, the seven movies, eight coming out pretty soon. However, someone published an article, a medical theme article saying that there were such things as monochlorins mat- mat- and they allow people to manipulate some sort of force, and gave the article titles to some fake names that sound a lot like George Lucas and Anakin Skywalker if you mix and jumble the letters up. Somehow, because of lack of peer reviews and lack of people to really review anything, the journals published them, and they were made fools of an actual medical study coming out this week, which was huge. Uh, the NFL tested 111 brains that were donated from former players who had died and who had made, had some signs of CTE. What they found was 110 of those 111 brains, 99% of the brains tested uh, had some signs of CTE. Now, the severity did vary, of course, and you can't really tell anything about CTE until after someone has died and you say their brain. But this shows that from a very large swath of people, uh, a lot of people are dealing with this issue or probably dealing with this issue. Uh, the fact that CTE and other types of head injuries, just injuries in general, are a big thing for the NFL to keep up with after so long, so many years, sort of denying it. Now, sort of owning up to the fact that there's things out there, but still trying to figure out how to actually deal with the whole thing. A very interesting uh, event happened over the week, though. We had the retirement of a very young player within essentially hours of hearing about the study. Baltimore Ravens offensive lineman John Urschel retired. He is a three-year veteran. He's 26 years old, and he is a uh, up for a doctorate uh, degree uh, fairly soon, so he's working on that. So he's, fairly a, he's a smart guy. He's not uh, just your dumb jock guy. And he heard... The results come down, uh, he figured his time was up. He had other things going on. Football wasn't his life. Football was a means to an end. That's a way to get into his degree. Uh, he, because he's a three year veteran, he is eligible for a pension from the NFL. He told his coach literally hours after hearing about the thing, a few days before they started training camp for the Baltimore Ravens. And so that's one young man who decided he didn't want to take the risk. He played enough football and he was moving on. We'll see if other people decide to get out of the football game much earlier than expected because of symptoms or maybe hopefully they not get symptoms of CTE. Charlie Guard, the third story for the week. He's a young man, 11-month-old a man, baby, basically, uh, living in Great Britain right now. His parents happen to have means, happen to be wealthy, happen to have the money to deal with the situation he has going on, but the courts and essentially the doctors won't allow it. Now, Charlie Gard is dealing with a very rare degenerative disease that part of his, um, his functionality is limited. He is being kept alive via machines, and there's an experimental surgery that could be done here in the United States that if he could get to the States, maybe he could do that. Now, medical care over in London is essentially a socialized medicine where it's all up to not so much the government to determine who gets what, but the doctors themselves. The doctors can give a diagnosis and essentially block what the family wants in various cases. The family obviously wants their child to live, and they want to take him to the States for this surgery. Donald Trump has weighed in on this saying, let him come, let him come. Uh, People here in the States have weighed in on this because It's a symbol of what may happen if Obamacare actually worked to the point that it was supposed to and doctors and the deaf panels that we've had our arguments here about actually had say in what happens, who lives, who dies, essentially, in voicing who gets certain um, surgeries and who doesn't. Now, in Britain, uh, it's the doctors who have the say, per se, even though it is the government that regulates it. They think of it as not the government getting in your way, but the doctors who can say what the families can't do. And the doctors don't believe the child who needs machines to function, to live, can survive a plane flight to the States, let alone the actual surgery. The courts agreed and stated that Charlie Gard will go into hospice care uh, over this weekend. Uh, As this is recorded on Friday, he has not gone to care yet, but he should be in care by the time this airs on Saturday, and they're also expecting him not to survive for much long after he's taking off of the life support systems. He's expected to go off life support and probably uh, expire from there um, within hours of that happening. We'll, of course, update that within the Daily Recap Podcast on Monday if we get some news on that for the full weekend. The number two story for the week, we go back to football. This one's a bit more um, whimsical. Um, If you happen to... I own very fine jewelry and like to wear it a lot. You might not want to wear it while doing water sports. Julio Jones, running back for the Atlanta Falcons, has hired a dive team to go into a lake to find an earring he lost. Well, because dudes wear earrings and dudes with big NFL contracts wear earrings worth $150,000 each. That's what happened. He took a tumble off a jet ski on a lake, just having some fun, and then came back up realizing that his big rock no longer was in his ear. He hired a dive team to go into the water. They went down pretty deep and then basically determined that looking for the one diamond in the little rough of the lake was not going to be worth the effort. It's essentially a lost cause. So if you got jewelry worth that much, it's probably worth sending somebody down to take a look for it. But the dive team found that it was not going to be conducive in finding what they did as deep as they went going as any deeper. They said it would have been too dark and too dank to really find this jewelry. So the moral of the story is if you got really big earrings and got really nice expensive jewelry, you probably shouldn't wear it on the beach and definitely not in the water. And now we go to the number one story of the week, a very sad story. This story, it over overtook uh, the number two story by about uh, 78% or so in the responses for the week. And this was a short story. This happened just a few days ago. Uh, we have one dead and seven injured after a ride malfunction at the Ohio State Fair. Uh, late in the evening uh, at the opening of the Ohio State Fair, a ride malfunctioned. And in that malfunction, losing control of the ride, uh, one person died and seven people were treated for serious injuries in the night, which in within a few days, most of the rides, most of the rides of similar types in every state fair and every carnival across the nation had shut down at least for a quick review, a quick check, a maintenance check to make sure everything was okay. Uh, We'll see, based on how things go for the weekend, whether they open them back up again. And, of course, the Ohio State Fair shut down for the bulk of the time because they're still doing it as an active investigation. But very serious issue at the State Fair with the death of a person on just a normal, what should be a normal, safe carnival ride. brings into question the actual safety of these rides in general, And who regulates these things when things get out of line? We'll find out more about this as the days and weeks come out. And if you have a fair coming up near you sometime, as it is uh, getting fall fairly soon and fair time is happening, uh, you probably do have a right and a reason to wonder about the safety of those rides. Uh, I'm pretty sure there'll be extra people out there making sure they're taken care of for you as you take your time at the fair. And those are the top 10 stories for the week as determined by you guys out there in our conversations. As we say over and over again, this is how you determine the top 10 and every single day's great stories. You just follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and go to our website. It's simple. And check us out when you check your feed. Take a look at the stories we have. And if it interests you... Retweet it to a couple of folks. Reply to it if you want to say something there. Uh, share it. Like it. Just respond to it. Show that you're uh, messing with it, mess with it, for lack of a better term. And we see the numbers and we add them up just like that. For Twitter, find us at TH underscore conversation. For Facebook, this is a conversation. And for the regular website, if you just want to check out so- stories in a batch. They all come down with links from the tweets. That is at this conversation.com I have talked in the past about cloud 9 living and specifically the great package we have already set up coming up in a few months where we're gonna take we the family are taking my wife so she can ride in a NASCAR and ride in a race car, All by herself with the driver, course, and the rest of us are going to do other things because she has this dream. She has this desire to ride and drive really, really fast cars. Uh, So we're going to set that up for Via Cloud 9 Living. Now, what other types of things do they have? i have just say that, you know, they have all sorts of just amazing packages. But here are some of the more popular things they have flying experiences where you can get inside of a plane and do the loopy loops and a crop duster and, and stunt planes just like that. They also have great action adventure packages where you can climb things, jump on things, move on things, zip line down things. Uh, you can race a Ferrari if you want to. If you don't want a NASCAR, you want a real car to race, they give you a Ferrari of chance to drive that around. And of course, the big one is hot air balloon rides at various places around the nation. And They also have just simple things like scenic cruises and personal chef experiences and just big tours around the city. And if you just want to do some golfing, golf packages with great rounds of golf, plus lessons if you need them at great prices at some of the best golf courses around the nation. They have deals to get you into some of the greatest places, and you can start with just a $50 gift certificate to get you started. You buy the certificate, and you hold it to whenever you're ready for your adventure, and you let them know. Now, if you use our link via this is com slash cloud9, You'll get 10% off those gift certificates so you can buy them now, buy them early, bank them for when you need them, and then be ready to go off to whatever excursion you want to. And like I say, if you want to send someone off to do something on their own very dangerous while you sit in the sidelines, you can buy it for them. Great gifts from cloud 911 to make sure they get the thrills that they want to while you get to sit back and relax because you're not trying to live out their own thrills. It's very simple. Step by the website. This is a conversation.com slash cloud9living, and you'll get 10% off all gift certificate purchases. and you can start with just $50 in a gift certificate. Send it to whoever you love or keep it for yourself for your own great dream bucket list vacation. Whatever you do, check them out today. They have the right package for the right thing you want to do or that someone else wants to do that you may be a bit leery of, but you can take care of them as well. Check them out, cloud 9 Living. Fret. This is Conversation dot com slash cloud numeral nine. We're going to keep things going this week, and because we had. Slight issue in connecting with our planned guest for the week. I'm going to play my own bracket game now. I went ahead and did the shuffling, and, of course, I know what the top ten stories are. But since we are also preparing for the Sunday commentary, coming soon, we promise, I'm going to go ahead and play the brackets myself and see which stories come up in the top two and give a little bit of my thoughts so you can see how I think about some of the stories we were posting. Now, most of the stories throughout the week aren't so much random as they are. What pops up in the big interest at the time, what is breaking news, what is new news, And what is trending, because some of the stories take a while to actually start trending on the web, and then we get a chance to see them. So these were, of course, the top 10 stories for this week, and this is me playing my own game in the brackets, and of course, I know that I can skip a level. Well, let me start by just going over the rules so we understand them. What we have are the top 10 stories that have been reshuffled in a different order. There's no rhyme or reason to the order, and they're, of course, listed as 1 through 10. Each two groupings get a chance to play in a bracket per sense to see which story is a more important story to the player. That'd be me. Which story would I rather really like to talk about or is more interesting to me and moves on to a second round? Now, since there are five entries in the first round, uh, that means I get a chance to skip one of the two pairings, or if I go through the first four, the last two are automatically scratched from the game onto the second round, where it's whittled down to two, and those two stories I get a chance to talk to, but I get to pick which story is the top story of the week. So now that the quick rules have been determined, I'm going to go ahead and deal with this as if I were playing it fresh, although it's not quite fresh. Story number one is Trump reverses policy on transgender individuals in the military with newly installed ban, and number two, Vice President Mike Pence breaks the Senate tie to proceed in health care bill debates. As I said, these are unfair brackets, and I'm going to go oddly enough with Donald Trump moving on to round two. Okay, next grouping is Pokemon Go Fest refunds all tickets as players can't get game to work. And Julio Jones draw, d- hires divers, a dive team, I should read this slower, to find a lost 150,000K earring. Uh, we're going to go with the Pokemon in on this one. I'm actually I'm a fan of the game, although I don't play it anymore. We'll may talk about it if it wins. Uh, five and six, one dead, seven injured after a ride malfunction in Ohio State Fair. And at number six, Wisconsin tech company to install microchips in employees. I'm going to go with the microchip story. That's number six. Now, as we know, we've played this thing uh, three weeks so far. I have one, two more groupings coming up. I can pick the next one, or I can skip it and take whatever is in the final batching. I'm going to go ahead and read the next one, and we'll go from there. Next batch, number seven, Michael Phelps splits win and race with simulated sharks. And number 8, 110 out of 11 brains tested in NFL had signs of CTE. As much as I want to talk about uh, CTE, I think it's very important in the sports world. I manage a sports station as well as part of my daily job in the radio business. Well, I guess Michael Phelps is, is sports, too. I'm going with Michael Phelps in this one. That means we are eliminating fake Star Wars-themed articles, find their way into real science journals, which is a really cool one I liked, and Charlie Gard legal battle into his final phase. So, going on to the next round, we are pairing Donald Trump reversing the transgender policy in the military versus Pokemon Go. I, oddly enough, am going with Pokemon Go. You'll see how this works out in just a second. We're moving that one on to the next round. Not that it's necessarily a more important story, but I think I have a great uh, uh, theme on it when I I pair the other two. The next batch is the Wisconsin Tech Company, which is installing microchips in employees, and Michael Phelps swimming against fake sharks. We're going with the uh, microchips Which means the two stories we've moved on to the final round of the brackets are Pokemon Go Fest, not quite going, and Wisconsin putting microchips into people, maybe a sign of of Skynet, maybe the mark of the beast. I'm going to say the Wisconsin Tech Company is the most important story to me this week, and is the one I'm going to focus on right now. So, let's think about this for a second. How convenient is it to have everything literally at your fingertips? That's what this tech company is going to offer when it gives its employees a chance to put in a microchip about the size of a uh, grain of rice into their thumb, and they can use that for their magical key fob. They no longer have to worry about putting a key fob on their neck, on their chain, uh, carry around a card. They just literally wave their hand across a scanner, and they move on to wherever they're doing. They need to check into a computer system. They can use that to RDF uh, wave over a scanner, and bam, they're in the computer. No typing passwords. Nope, nothing. No even fingerprint or eye scanning technology. You automatically are in. Period. How can that be a bad thing? Well, that itself is not a bad thing. There's there's nothing bad about that. It's simple. It's just the same as carrying around a key fob or a key card or some sort of device that has even GPS tracking in you to let you know where a person is and how they are progressing and how to get in and out of things. That in itself is not where the bad thing lies. The scary thing lies in what's held behind it. Um, to step back to Trump for just a minute, remember uh, when he created his commission to check out the election committees and make sure that everything is an up and up because he believes 3 million people voted illegally, so he has an ex-commission that's checking all the voter rolls, and the first thing they did was ask for all this data that would be necessary to check to see if people are legal, but... It's extra data that is going out to an extra group that no one really knows what will happen with afterwards that will just live on for someone else to hack into in their own private servers. That's where a lot of interesting inter, interesting information comes from. You have data on people that is being gathered because uh, data is gathered all the time, whether you think about it or not. If you're standing by a doorway and you're watching people come in and out, You're gathering data on who's coming in and out of the building just by your eyeballs. You may forget about it the next day. You may not think much of it. But if something happened and your boss came to you and asked, "Uh, did you see this type of person come through because we believe he did something, you'll be able to retrieve that from your memory in theory, assuming you weren't too distracted by what was going on. That's what's happening with these or will happen with these, uh, these microchips. You'll be able to track people and their actions and their movements even if you can't so much track them by GPS and figure out on a map where they are, but you can see where they are, when they check in, when they check out, when they're moving around the building, what they're doing, and kind of seeing what's going on. That could be a great thing for a company that's checking its time for people, making sure they're doing what they should be doing when they should be doing it. That could be a not-so-great thing when they leave the company and they have this microchip in their arm, or in their thumb in this case, and because someone forgot to deactivate it, a disgruntled employee can get into the system and do bad things, or maybe it's the fact that you're not disgruntled, but you have this thing in your thumb that just you're pretty worried about having it in your life forever. It won't go away. You will always have this piece of chip in your thumb. That's what really, really scares me about these things. Um, They say... They won't be able to track different movements, different things. But who really knows? And uh, let's say you get a chance to use something like this sort of thing in the future, becomes a real big thing, and we get the chance to have microchips in our arms forever you know, regardless of the whole Mark of the Beast thing, but um, you can go to Starbucks and wave your hand instead of just waving your phone over a scanner and pay for something. You can get your rations, if you will, uh, by using your, your chip to show that you're the right person and gather the right things and not have someone else pick up your stuff or you pick up someone else's stuff illegally. That's where things get kind of weird. It seems like going towards the efficiency takes away a lot of... Of the humanity, and while you want to eliminate as much human error as possible in a lot of these things, sometimes human error is kind of the point. There are many people who are moving towards uh, getting rid of referees in various sporting events because you can put video sensors here, you can put motion sensors and pressure sensors, and of course, video replay. Right now is a big thing where you can check things you're not sure of. So, if the camera knows all and knows all correctly, then you know exactly how to play goes. But sometimes it's not so much cheating as it is trying really, really hard and doing your best to get around some things, maybe skirting the rules just a bit to uh, get things in your favor, and sometimes literally playing rules against each other or playing your odds against referees, causing a bit of a heated exchange to uh, make things happen either for or against uh, you or, or for against the other player. So, taking the human element out of the equation is a big thing, and putting the electronic element and adding this to eliminate some of the instances of maybe fraud. And of course, added security is a great thing, but you have to be careful at the major implications of what this thing's going to do. It will have implications, it won't have details. There will be things that uh, we won't think about you know unintended consequences that will turn into an issue because of these things this this company not the first to do this there are plenty of companies out there that do have various members of their staff wearing different things and believe it or not there are people in our government who are have been microchipped for various things not nefarious per se but just for the sake of whatever they're they're doing let's just say it's it's worth it i learned when i was in the military if there's things i didn't want to know the answers to I didn't ask those questions, but there are people out there who may have some sort of device that tracks them for whatever reason, and you don't need to know what the reason is, but that's sort of the problem. Some people need to know what the reason is, and just the basic level of these things, something that's benign, like just putting in your key fob into your thumb, could be the start of something a bit more nefarious. Maybe not next week, maybe not next generation, and maybe this isn't Skynet coming to pass, but it's not exactly uh, the most uh, safest thing possibly to be doing in a way. So call me a bit paranoid. I'm not exactly a big thrill fan of wearing your, your key fob inside of your body. And so i look get a little time to talk about the second story, Pokemon Go. And Pokemon Go was picked to go along with that one since it seemed like that's what was going to be played off against each other because it's an issue of companies and success. And when success becomes a failure, Pokemon is a very successful franchi- franchise. It's been uh, played starting off as the card version, and as soon as it moved into electronic version for Game Boy and for computers and for larger systems like that, it's a pretty cool thing. My son, who's 23 years old, started off playing with the Nintendo game. He had the cards, but actually didn't really take the time to learn how to play. He was just watching the cartoon. But then when you're able to just do it in sort of easy cheat form and let the computers do it for you, it became a thing, and he still plays Pokemon to this day, and he's a pretty good good at it. Um, Pokemon Go, not so much. Pokemon Go is a cool thing because it brought people together. It was a cool new way to go out into your environment and wander around and get some exercise and collect the game and have fun with it. The problem with Pokemon Go is that Pokemons are so popular, the original game was so popular, it was hard to get people to get the game to work at times. Many times it just wouldn't work when you had large masses of people gathering near the places that were being used for Pokemon gyms and Pokemon areas. And often people get into it on the new end, play around with it for a while, and when things don't work well, they give up on it. And then when things work well, but things work and get kind of tedious, they give up on it. So the ecosystem inside Pokemon Go right now, not as grand as it was when the game first started. You don't see gangs of roving teenagers just wandering through people's yards looking for uh, Pikachus and uh, Squirtles these days, even though now they're looking for larger fish, if you want to call it that. The big legendary Pokemon are now out in the game. Uh, but it's still out there. It's still pretty fun. People still playing it. So thinking you can gather you know, thousands of people who love this game to play a real-time game, uh, augmented reality game with a lot of data and a lot of power going through it in one grand area sounds like a great idea except when you try to actually do it and execution doesn't work so well. In this case, didn't work at all because no one got the game to work while they were gathered together and so there was no Pokemon going because Pokemon Go would not go at all. All the members that attended the festival, of course, got their money back. Have a worse... Uh, experience for the time being together. Maybe they made some friends, and they could, you know, commensurate in their commiserie from not being able to play. But this is a shot where a company had a chance to uh, basically gain much, much more, and lost lots of ground in the process. Maybe they find a way to make this up. Maybe this is a great lesson for to teach them how to do something better next time, or maybe this is the end, or close to the end of the Pokemon Go uh, craze. And things quite like it. Maybe there is no bigger, better for this test vehicle that we had with this game because they find out that it's just too hard and not worth the effort to make it work on a grander scale. Sometimes success is a great thing until you find out that success is not such a great thing. Pokemon Go may be a successful franchise, it may have made a bit of money, but it's had plenty of fits and starts and stumbles along the way. And this is one that we'll see if they can, you know, find a way to live through. And that is the brackets, played by me, Jay Cleveland Payne. Maybe they weren't the most hot-button topic stories that we talked about, but, of course, I talk about these stories all week long as I do the conversation. So I have heard myself talk about these things. I've, so I give my chance to talk about something a bit more out of the way. This On a normal occasion, if this is your first time listening to the show and hearing the bracket game, normally we're talking to someone outside, so I get a chance to ask them questions on something they don't know what's going to happen, and I can drill a little deeper to get more deep insight on them and learn more about them. So today we played with me; I had a, some insight on what was going to happen, and we'll see how it turns out. You let us know exactly how well it turned out. Send me some comments. Click on the link for this week's weekly wrap up podcast if you want to know it all out. It is is dot com slash weekly wrap up dash two thousand seventeen zero seven two nine. I know it's long, sorry about that. And just leave us some comments on what you think about the brackets being played by me. We probably won't do this very often. Hopefully we'll have some backup guests to make this thing work out. But we're trying to keep it in format, and fortunately, or or unfortunately, within time. So thank you for playing with us today, and we're working on ways to make sure you get a chance to play the brackets as soon as we release this here episodes every single day. If you want to get a chance to see what you think of the top story of the 10, we can do it that way as well. But... More to come in just a moment as we come back with the other thans, the also rans, the stories that didn't make the top 10, but were pretty big along the week. So we're talking about them to wrap up the show in just a moment. Obviously, there are only 10 spots in the top 10. So here are some of the other than stories, a few stories that didn't quite make it into the top, but we think are still pretty big and got a lot of response as well, including the number 11 spot today. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, of course, had to cancel his Purpose Tour. It's been on tour for about two years, and that's been um, promoting the, the CD Purpose for those two years. Very lucrative, making a couple billion dollars in process, and he dropped out of the tour all of a sudden, giving people the chance to get all their money back right right off the bat. But no longer touring for this effort, and maybe for a while. Justin Bieber explained his decision. If you read TMZ's a, a big. Um, headline. It was essentially God told him to stop touring, but basically God told him to stop touring. He needed to get back to uh center, back to his faith, and back to somewhere where he could be less tempted to do all the crazy bad things he's been doing out on tour lately. So in a sense, God did tell him to stop touring for a bit, and he's canceled the rest of this tour. I'm not sure if God told Daniel Craig to jump back in the James Bond sa- uh, saddle, but it's going to happen. We got mysterious word and confirmed confirmation that Daniel Craig back as James Bond in a movie released in 2019, and that's all we know. No script, no villains, no ideas. What's happening? Other than Daniel Craig's going to do Bond at least one more time, happening about two years from now. We learned about a brand new product that's. Essentially the old product, Coca-Cola announces a brand new Coke Zero formula. It's going to be using less sugar, but tasting more like the original Coke. They're going to call it Coke Zero Less Sugar. Not exactly the most creative name, but it is going to be a different bit of a flavor from before. Now, Coke Zero tastes sort of like Coca-Cola right now. Now it's supposed to taste even more sort of like it, uh, even though it's going to have less less sugar in it, however they're going to make it. It's a mystery, of course, but you're probably going to like it. You're pretty much going to buy it. Adobe is going to kill the Flash technology that everyone already hates. They're going to do it by 2020. No more Flash by 2020 was announced by Adobe. Meanwhile, Microsoft announced it was going to kill paint, uh, although it wasn't uh, quite kill paint, and then had to renege on that because... People tend to love Microsoft Paint. Microsoft said in their next Windows 10 big release, the big update, Paint will no longer be updated, no longer supported. It'll still be there, but on anything going on further will not have anything in the ways of any new additions to the program. After a day of outcries from everywhere, a lot of them mocking, but many of them pretty sincere people who love Microsoft Paint, Microsoft decides they're going to keep updating that program at least a little bit longer. We'll see how long, but we'll have more paint for a little bit longer at least. Jeff Bezos for about five hours uh, a few days ago was the richest man in the world until the Amazon stock retreated back to a lower level. Uh, putting him back below Bill Gates. Bill Gates, the number one G in billionaires. Uh, Jeff Bezos trying to um, basically take over everything. Uh, doing a good shot of being it for a just a small period of time. It was basically just a a an administrative issue on where the comma was in the stock price on the day. Now the big issue on that is Jeff Bezos is obviously the number two richest guy behind Bill Gates. It reminds us that Jeff Bezos is the only major billionaire out there who has not signed a way to give his money away in the big billionaire pledge, which most big ones, including uh, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg, says when they die, they're not going to leave all the billions floating around in, in in to their kids or in a bank someplace or in a vault to swim around like Scrooge McDuck. They're going to actually give it away to greater foundations that will parse it off to people who need it. Jeff Bezos, uh, still trying to gain lots of extra cash, has not jumped on that bandwagon Quite yet, we know that Superman is officially in Justice League. There really was no doubt he was going to be there. What we do also know is that Superman's mustache, or Henry Cavill's mustache in particular, uh, will make an appearance in the reshoots, but will not actually make it to the film. Twenty-five million dollars will be spent to digitally remove the facial hair off Henry Cavill, who is currently double doing double duty, taping uh, the current version of Mission Impossible and some reshoots for Justice League at the same time. His character in Mission Impossible needs a mustache. His character in Super Justice League does not. Hence, there's your problem. They're going to pay to get rid of the mustache because it's worth that much to them. A the man decides he wants to trademark the N-word, or at least a variation of the N-word. This comes off the legal battle that says that you cannot uh, keep people from putting trademarks and putting copyrights on disparaging words. Essentially, words that shouldn't be used in public can still be trademarked and people can actually make money or keep people from using them. This guy is going to try to use the N word that ends with an A instead of the one with the ER and try to essentially force people, less people to use it in media. That seems to be his plan. We'll see whether he can actually get that patent, that trademark, get that thing registered and whether he can actually enforce it. That's going to be a pretty hard one. Dick Van Dyke this week apologized for a crime that was many years uh, done and has been overlived, lived over and over again, overlived, lived over and over again for generations. That is his, quote, most atrocious cognate accent from Mary Poppins, unquote. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, who um, uh, is still kicking it pretty heavy these days, uh, doing his best to be an ambassador of the arts and doing the apology for the old Mary Poppins thing, saying that, you know, back in the day, It was a different time, it was a different era, and you could get away with uh, basically making fun of people in your way of portraying them. And he said that's what he did when he did the accent for his character in the original Mary Poppins movie by Disney. Of course, the Mary Poppins sequel, Mary Poppins Returns, coming out fairly soon, so hopefully you won't see very poorly done accents in that movie because we've progressed in time. Meanwhile, Sean Spicer is moving on, progressing in time on his own. He resigned from his job as White House press secretary. This comes after the hiring, the um, controversial and actually heavily fought hiring by many folks in the Trump White House uh, from various sides of the White House division, uh, hiring Anthony Scaramucci, uh, basically a Trump guy to be the new White House communications director. We, of course, we knew that Sean Spicer was leaving that job and officially pulling out of that job. Um, and He thought he was looking for his success, successor. That obviously didn't happen. Sean Spicer, not very happy with the decision, decided he's just going to flat out leave the job he's doing right now, although he's going to do it for a couple more weeks. Sarah Huckabee Sanders will officially be the White House press secretary. She more or less is right now. Sean Spicer is basically uh, doing some wrap-up work to take care of things and the transition for the next guy. How White House uh, press secretaries don't usually last more than 18 months in a batch. So Sean Spicer going six months here isn't necessarily a bad deal. It's just par for the course. Scaramucci already getting on the nerves of various people and various factions of the White House, including the what we believe is warring Steve Bannon, and Ryan's previous factions. But we'll see exactly how things are going. He's speaking as the president would speak with some very salty language. So that's kind of how things are rolling on the way in the White House right now. And a couple of quick um, losses of the week. We have the passing of Mrs. Frank Sinatra, although she became bigger than that, Barbara Sinatra, Frank Sinatra's uh, fourth wife, dying at the age of 90 this week. Also, basketball Hall of Famer and former Lakers head coach John Kunda. Uh, Of course, he's the head coach of the Minnesota Lakers. He died at 101, and we lost yesterday as we're recording this. So Thursday, we have the news of the loss of June Voray. June, uh, she was the voice of Rocky the Squirrel and Natasha from the Bullwinkle cartoon. She also voiced many other voices, including Granny from the the um from from Tweety Bird cartoons. I Can't say uh, Tweety Bird and Sylvester and Tweety Bird if I can say that correctly. And she was also the voice of Cindy Lou Who from. How the Christmas, the original cartoon for that. So a big loss in the world of animation voices. She, of course, died at the age of 99, a pioneer in female voices, particularly, and just voice work in general. Those are the also-rans, the ones that didn't quite make the top 10, but some of the bigger stories from the past seven days, starting on July the 14th. So what will be in the next week's top 10 and the other things? We will find out seven days from now for the release of next week's weekly wrap-up from com. And thank you so much for being with us for the full podcast. We love the fact that we have great people contributing to... All the conversations, seeing them online, sharing them with folks, responding to them as it will, and, of course, giving us feedback in real time at the website. And, yes, we had some issues with sound. We had a different um, different studio set up for some emergency tapings in the middle of the week, so we didn't have access to the big studio. So we're working on getting a better backup studio uh, for upcoming days, just in case we don't have access, access to the big studio. So we can make sure you have your podcast out as quickly as possible, maybe even quicker if we get this one to be our main studio. But of course, you have to be a part of the thing to make the thing happen, and that's simple. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore Conversation. Find us on Facebook at This Is A Conversation. Make sure you have your settings set to see what comes down your feed so you can see what's happening on Facebook. And our main website is ThisIsAConversation.com. Check out for more great features on the way. We are revamping the start in gate for the conversation survey panel. We are also relaunching the 20 Questions Project. You'll love that, a great fun project that we were able to knock out a few years ago. We're going to do it again, uh, focusing mostly on the audio version. We'll do that coming up. In a few months, probably around the beginning of the year. So look out for that happening. And of course, just be a part of what we have going on in the conversation. Check out our sponsors, especially this week's big sponsor, Cloud Nine Living, at this is the conversation.com slash Cloud Nine. And of course, to see whatever other things going on in the world of Jay Cleveland Payne, my main website is jclevelandpayne.net. Check it out so you can see what's going on. Make sure you share this podcast and some of our conversations with friends share them with enemies and people you don't know while you're at it. Rate and review the podcast so people can see how good we're doing or how not so good we're doing. Subscribe so you don't miss them out as they come down to you automatically every single day, basically. And just be you. Stay being great just like you are. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being who you are. And thank you for sticking around for this great um, example of democracy what you like in the podcast we'll have more coming up of course the next daily podcast will come up on monday recapping friday saturday and sunday and seven days from now another weekly recap podcast we'll find out what 10 stories made the list as the most biggest mega awesomest stories you liked over seven days of conversations from this is the conversation podcast.